Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Game time decisions continues. I am Gabriel Morenci, and I'm on the grid, and so is the rigid redhead Cam Stewart. We're also on the loudest station in the nation, SB Nation uh, Radio. Shout out to all of our affiliates out there as well, wherever you may be uh, tuning in. We're going to get into some uh, NFL uh, football. Shout out to everybody watching on whatever uh, TV app you are tuning in on uh, right now, whatever uh, platform you are joining us uh, on uh, right now. So... The shutdown and the lockdown uh, continues. And, um, you know, one common theme, it seems, that a lot of these protesters have when they go out there, open up, open up, is um, they're like, I got to get a haircut. You know, I'm tired <laughs> of cutting my own hair. And uh, speaking of haircuts, uh, Cam, uh, what's going on with your hair uh, today? You got something going on today here, buddy. You got, you know, you got the hair of like a, a nine-year-old kid. You got that like Jerry Seinfeld haircut. Going. What's going on? Hey, Mom, can I get some ice cream? The, the, the ice cream truck's here. And the, <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. You're going I got to your aunt's house for dinner later? <laughs> you should see it, Gabe. When I, when, I, like, when I wake up in the morning, it's like Ronald McDonald Pro. I mat it down with a little bit of mousse. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be nice uh, when my uh, Chinese uh, haircut lady for $8 opens up. Apparently, uh, two more weeks, they're saying. Uh, not an essential service, but two weeks, the haircut. I'll go in there with a mask and gloves and let her do her thing. Eight bucks. What a deal. Why don't you just let your girlfriend uh, have a couple of drinks and uh, give her a pair of scissors? Let her, <laughs> let her, let her at it. That's like Abdullah the Butcher versus Ric Flair. Foreign objects. Bring us the barber beefcake. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Hey, hey, honey. You've seen my girlfriend before after a couple of drinks. I don't know. There could be blood, but yeah, maybe I'll give her a chance, Marenzi. It's getting really annoying, though. I tell you that. Mop top. Uh, so you know what uh, was uh, really annoying, not having uh, sports to bet on yes. and sports to watch, uh, but uh, that's all going to change uh, this weekend. We've got the UFC. We've been breaking it down all week long, and it's going to continue, guys, because we have more UFC next week. We have a card on Wednesday. We have a card uh, the following Saturday as well, and uh, not this weekend, but next weekend, guys. NASCAR is back, and uh, we're going to have that uh, skins competition uh, between Rory and uh, Rory and Dustin versus Ricky Fowler and Matthew Wolf. And uh, Cam is uh, not walking the dog, but he's howling like a wolf uh, here. Plus okay. 175. Gabe, it might be a bloodbath. Okay, I'm gonna say if I if I interviewed one hand 100 random golfers who just might be betting, I could tell you. What do you think? How many people are gonna be betting on Matt, uh, Ricky Fowler and Matthew Wolf? Eight out of a hundred. I'm t- I'm telling you, it might be a bloodbath for these guys. So how I about like this strategy? Mm-hmm. How about this strategy? And you know, a lot of people thought that that Manning, uh, Brady, Woods, Mickelson thing was going to be around here. So I got to I got to imagine they're going to step up probably a week after now maybe. Yeah. Or it's going to come up a little little bit after this. It's got to be a week after. I would imagine, you know, we would have an official announcement soon uh, for that, but if you took both underdogs, you're getting plus 175 with both of them in that range with both underdogs. Are you willing to take both dogs in these skins competitions? Nope. I am not going to take both dogs. I am taking Tiger Woods and Peyton Manning. I don't care. They probably won't let us parlay it because it's one thing. I'd like to attach it to some stuff. But I will say this, Gabe. um, Tiger Woods will not lose to Phil Mickelson twice. That is my opinion. I also will take Peyton Manning, a retired guy, over Tom Brady, who now has to play for the Tampa Bay Bucks. 
probably fielding phone calls, this and that. He's got a lot on his agenda where Peyton Manning just turns down TV companies because he doesn't want to work Monday night football or be a broadcaster. How about Michael right Jordan? Yeah. There's a story. Michael Jordan turned down $100 million uh, from a company. They don't say who. I'd like to know what it was or what the uh, what the appearance was. Uh, but hang, uh, hold that thought. We're going to welcome in uh, people tuning in on SB Nation Radio. What's up, SB Nation Radio? Let's do this. Game time uh, decisions continues. I am Renzi throwing it down with the Raging Redhead. Cam Stewart, shout out to everybody uh, tuning in wherever you may be uh, listening to us. So uh, we've been talking a lot of UFC this week. Uh, we promised some NFL talk. The NFL is going to release the schedule on Thursday night. They have a primetime television uh, show around it. They're going to bring in uh, coaches. They're going to bring in um, players, general managers, interview people. And, you know, you're going to hear a lot about strength of schedule. That's going to be a lot of buzzwords that you hear. Mitigation, mm -hmm. flatten the curve, cure worse than a disease, PPE, you know, all these uh, new, new buzzwords uh, out there. And you're going to hear a lot of buzzwords about strength of schedule, and this team has this strength of schedule. And I've always told people this, and smart gamblers and longtime uh, you know, pros understand this, guys. You know, you'll see people talk about the winning records and the winning percentages of the team the previous year. That's irrelevant. I the agree. national football league changes on a year-by-year -year basis. Teams' records uh, are for various reasons. Their schedule was harder. Their road trip. Tampa Bay Buccaneers didn't play a home game for two months last year. Neither did the Raiders. It wasn't a, com a fair competitive balance uh, for them. There's a lot of different reasons why teams have records that, that they do. And that's really like the, the lowest hanging fruit way that you can look at a strength of schedule, Cam. And the real way to do it, and I don't have to tell you, but for people tuning in uh, here right now, is you need to look at the win totals. Look at the win totals of the teams that you're playing according to the odds makers, not according to what happened last year. Arizona was a five-win team last year. Are the Arizona Cardinals better now with DeAndre Hopkins, Cam? I say they are. <laughs> just, just a little bit, buddy. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're a lot better. A lot so, better. like, when people say, oh, strength of schedule, you play Arizona or twice or whatever. Yeah, it's not the same Arizona team anymore. You know, they got linemen now. They've got they've got DeAndre Hopkins now. Kyler Murray's going to be in the second year now. Kingsbury. Kingsbury another year, too. Yeah, like it's not the same team. So the record of a 5-10-1 and 10 and one team from last year, it's not the same, right? It's simply not the same. So, you, you know, and it's interesting because this was a concept that years ago used to floor people. It was like I was speaking, uh, you know, I was, I was bringing some, like, you know, some real deep scientific algebra to the table or something. Now, more and more people seem to understand this, Cam, that it is about the win totals. So we'll take a look at the, because uh, we know who's playing who already. Yep. Right? The schedule is just a token release on, for TV, basically, when they're saying, all right, week one, this, week two, that. We know, we know who's playing who. So we'll break it down and we'll see who really does it. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. All right, let's roll. I am Arezzi. Game Time Decisions continues. SB Nation Radio, the loudest station in the nation as we follow Scotty Farrell going coast to coast. 
weekdays from 4 to 6. Full slate of great programming all day and all night long right here on SB Nation uh, Radio. Don't forget to check us out at Sports Grid as well. Pluto TV, Zumo TV, Star, uh, Marenzi Unfiltered, the podcast, Spotify, Apple, iTunes. I think we got enough plugs in uh, right there. Let's get down to business as far as the National Football League is concerned. So talking about the strength of the uh, schedule and uh, which teams have it uh, easier and which teams uh, have it more difficult. And this is according to the win totals, actually. This is according to the win totals, courtesy of uh, Will Hill. And uh, looking at the strength of schedule uh, this year, Cam, it is the Indianapolis Colts. Colts. Indianapolis Colts uh, have a very easy um, path uh, here. The Indianapolis Colts have the easiest path. And I tell you what, the Colts are sort of poised for a bounce back as it I was already, them. right? I love them. It's That's so the funny. thing. Like it's, everything, it yeah. has to fall into place like that. It does. You're down the year before. Your total's a little lower. Other teams around you, you're poised for a bounce back. And then, boom, you get this schedule. Now, you know, let's, let's just go through it. We'll get yep. you through your take on the Colts here. But the Colts, according to the win total schedule, They've got the easiest schedule. So did Tennessee in that division. Ooh, so did Baltimore. Baltimore also have an easier uh, schedule. Team and poor, you know, poor Atlanta. This is, they can't buy a break. Oh, they can't. The Atlanta Falcons have the toughest schedule, um, according to the win total projections. The New York, the, so the Falcons have the toughest schedule. The New York Giants have the second toughest schedule. That's not good. The New York Jets, the third toughest schedule. Uh-oh. The Denver Broncos, Carolina Panthers, Las Vegas uh, Raiders, L.A. Rams, uh, Buffalo. My Buffalo Bills, 22nd. Like, last year, Buffalo had a very easy schedule. Correct. Like, I traveled more back and forth to the Meadowlands than the Buffalo Bills <laughs> did. Like, they traveled, right. like, literally 1,600 miles. Yeah, the first couple of games, like, hey, same stadium. Thanks, guys. <laughs> uh, they didn't leave the state of New York. Yeah. Like, they played. Exactly. Well, they had New Jersey slash New York, but they played at MetLife weeks one, week two against the Giants and the Jets. Yep. Then they played week three in Buffalo, right? And like they, you know, they went to Dallas. They didn't really go anywhere. This is going to be different. They're supposed to go to Las Vegas this year, right? They're going out west uh, this year. That's the difference. But yeah, so you were going to say, Ken, the Indianapolis Colts looks like they're poised. Looks like the Colts are poised um, to for some potential to have some success. And man, they had a good draft as well. The Colts. I'm going to tell you something. I'm already going to bet them to win the division. Um, Kansas City is the team to beat, but I'm probably going to put some futures on the Colts uh, in, in the AFC. I know it's Phillip Rivers, but one thing is you can protect Phillip Rivers. You'll be fine. This defense is absolutely lethal. They have a lot of good young players. You talked about the draft. Spectacular. I trust the brain trust of Frank Reich and his, and his guys surrounding him. Excellent. I think it's a perfect opportunity. Jacksonville is going to be one of the worst teams in the league. I think Houston takes a step back with Bill O'Brien at the helm. I don't like it. Deshaun Watson losing a big target like Hopkins. Tennessee had a great run with Tannehill. How good do they feel about this? This could be a letdown spot for the Titans. I think all signs pull, point to Indianapolis. I will take them to win that division, Gabe. I love the Colts this year. And I think Phillip Rivers, will, with protection, will be one of the bounce-back players of the year. And I love Indianapolis all over the board. I think they can go deep. Other than Buffalo, Kansas City, you know, that, they're the team that I really, really think could be very dangerous. Don't sleep on the Colts. The Colts are playing the uh, the Norse. We are the North. Oh. Um, they're playing the Norse um, divisions, as you know. The, so the Colts 
Of course, they in the division, they play the Jaguars, the Titans, and the Texans. Their other home games are against the Baltimore Ravens. That's, That's tough. a tough one. Yep. The Cincinnati, they host the Cincinnati Bengals. Thank you. They host the Minnesota Vikings. Tough game. They host the Green Bay Packers. I think still think yeah, they're Yeah, but it you done. know what? That's yeah. actually good. Yeah. Like it's better than going on the road. Like conversely, they have to go to Detroit. Yeah. If what would you rather go? You got to go to Chicago and Detroit or Minnesota and Green Bay. See, everything's falling into the Colts' um, favor here, right? So they get to host the Vikings, they get to host the Packers, yet they go on the road to play the Lions and the Bears. So the Colts' home games, Jaguars, Titans, Texans, Ravens, Bengals, Vikings, Packers, and uh, the New York Jets uh, thrown in there. Their away games, uh, division games, Jags, Titans, Texans. The Colts are at Pittsburgh, at Cleveland, at Chicago, at Detroit, at Las Vegas. All right. It's manageable. I think the Colts can win 10, 10 11 games this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know what? I, you've, got, you've got more confidence in Phillip Rivers than I does. You know what I'm interested in here? I want to see the New England Patriots because I looked at the Patriots schedule and I thought it was kind of tough, actually. But the Buffalo Bills pretty much have the same one. And the Patriots are ranked 20th. Like, if you look at the New England Patriots, there's not a lot of easy free games for these teams. And you can say the same thing for the Buffalo Bills. So, you know, you look at the New England Patriots schedule, they play the Bills, the Jets, and the Dolphins at home. Uh, they host the Denver Broncos, the Las Vegas Raiders, the Arizona Cardinals, San Francisco 49ers, and the Baltimore Ravens. Ravens, a big-time team. 49ers, big-time team. Um, the Cardinals, upstart team. Broncos, upstart team. Uh, Raiders, we'll see. The Raiders have put together some talent. Uh, the Patriots on the road, Bills, Jets, Dolphins, but they go to Kansas City. They go to Los Angeles to play the Chargers. Uh -oh. They go to Los Angeles to play the Rams. They go to Seattle to play the Seahawks, and they go to Houston to play the Texans. You know, this isn't with Tom Brady and company. Jared Stidham's doesn't have an easy schedule to deal with here. No, uh, and the thing is, I wouldn't count out the Patriots, but this is the year that the Buffalo Bills have to take reins of that division. I don't know. Uh, you know, you get the price, Gabe. I don't care if it's even, whatever. Even if it, like that, this is Buffalo's year. Uh, Jared Stidham is the quarterback. I still think the Bills are better. If Cam Newton is the quarterback, I still think they're better. They've lost too many players, Morency. Bill Belichick, yes, he's brilliant, but this Buffalo, when you look at both sides of the ball, they're better. Allen, another year under his belt. He has to progress. We talked about it. The one issue that you have with him is, man, he falls asleep and then wakes up. Cold starter, and that's not going to happen. He's I hate that. Well, he's got yeah, weapons yeah. now. There's no yeah, excuse. He does. There is no excuse. It's like that horse coming out of the gate is always tripping. Yeah. Can we get a clean break? And, and Allen needs that. He can't be showing up in the second quarter going, wow, I had a horrible first quarter and we're already down. I like the Bills in that division, as I told you, like the Colts. And I do think the Patriots take a step back. And Stidham will be the starting quarterback. Everyone's talking about Newton. He's not even there yet. So let's put the brakes on. You know, I've been sort of looking at the Baltimore Ravens to regress a little bit. They were just I agree so with good. that, too. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're not just going to dominate. And Lamar Jackson's not going to own the NFL. People will adjust to him. You saw in the playoffs they adjusted. Now, Baltimore had a nice draft, and they're going to adjust as well. And Harbaugh's a great coach. I give him credit. But it's hard to regress when you have the third easiest schedule in the National Football League right now, according to the win totals, which they do. So let's look at teams, because we were asked uh, yesterday, it was a good question, actually, who can go from worst to first? You know, there's not a ton of, you know, candidates. And you brought, you know, Cleveland, but Cleveland were technically, Cincinnati exactly. were technically last. But let's just talk about teams that can sort of bounce back. And you brought it up. 
And it's interesting because you brought this up before Odell Beckham even came out and said, I'm not playing around this year. This year, this is serious. This is going to be our year in Cleveland. This is going to be a massive year for me. He says this often, but I know you can tell he's just, I think the Browns were humbled. Baker Mayfield has kept his mouth shut. He's learned his lesson. I know there's something to the Browns here, and I'm just looking. The Browns, Cam, they're tied for the third easiest schedule in the National Football League. Just sort of another team with a ton of talent that could be poised for a bounce back due to their schedule. Couldn't agree more. I like the Colts and Browns as bounce back candidates. Uh, I love the Brown situation. Gabe Pittsburgh, you got Big Ben Roethlisberger there. If he gets hurt, the party's over. What's going to happen there? The Cleveland Browns uh, believe their own hype. And you know what? How did they lose games heart in heartbreaking fashion? You said it, Freddie Kitchens. They're undisciplined. For a coach. Undisciplined, exactly. And you know what? Now when you bring in, what is it, Stepnoski from Minnesota, they, they, they bring in a real, real guy. And I'll tell you, Cleveland will overachieve this year, and they'll be a decent team who makes the playoffs. Well, they have they have enough talent. They definitely have enough talent to be a playoff um, a playoff football team. The question is, can they put it together? They need to protect. And listen, I'm not Baker Mayfield's biggest fan, but the fact of the matter is, if you protect the kid, you know he can make some plays. And you didn't protect him. Uh, yeah. You know, you just you didn't protect him last year at all. He was running for his life, and he's not very mobile. Um, you know, he was able to escape pressure in uh, in college, but the National Football League is just uh, it's a different world. So we'll continue to break down uh, the NFL schedule, take a look at some of these win totals, see, we'll see what other uh, teams are poised for a potential uh, bounce back. Guys, when you're looking for win totals and you're betting on NFL futures, it's like stocks, man. You know, no one's buying Amazon stock right now. It's like $12 million a share. Sure. Exactly. I want to buy it low. Give me some airline stock. Promise <laughs> <laughs> some cowboy talk. Let's bring in uh, one of many Dallas Cowboy uh, fans in the city of New York, uh, front runners, as I like to uh, to call them. George Kurtz steps up and in. How you doing, George? I'm doing well, Gabe. How about you? And uh, you know, because I, I told the story earlier on the on the program, I said, man, there's there's literally tens and thousands of um, of Cowboy fans in in New York City that are also Yankee fans who conveniently became Yankee fans, you know, because the Yankees were good in the 70s, or at least the late 70s, and the Cowboys were, right? Um, so yeah, that's, I think there's something to it here, George. And like I said, you took offense when I called you a front runner for being an Islander fan, but they were winning all the time when you were a kid. Yeah, I mean, for me, uh, my, my father was a Yankee fan, so I grew up with that. That was an easy choice. Uh, it's the only th really the only thing my father and I agreed upon were the Yankees. <laughs> it, it was. We didn't agree on much else. He, but he wasn't a football fan, game. Okay, you, yeah. You know in the 70s, Gabe, the Giants and Jets sucked. They were bad teams here. So back then, what were the, what were the hot teams back then, Gabe? Pittsburgh, Denver, yeah. Miami, Oakland, Dallas. Yeah. I think those are the, the big teams you would root for. Minnesota went to a bunch of Super Bowls Minnesota? and lost. Yeah. Sure. Do you know any Minnesota fans? I don't think I do. No. Not many. I know a few. I, I, my one of my best friends is a Detroit Lion fan. No idea how that happened. All right. Well, it's All like right. me being a Buffalo Bill fan. It's like, why? Like, why? But... I'm not, you know, I liked the Bills as a kid, even though they didn't win. As you stated, I grew up watching those bad Jet games and bad uh, Jet teams. My memory of Shea Stadium and the Jets was always like, why is there so much garbage on the field? I remember, you know, you're watching on football Sundays. You wanted to cry. This is, once again, folks, this is in the 80s. You had no, no phones, no computer. 
But when the one o'clock game was Jets Colts and the four (laughs) o'clock game was Giants Cardinals, that's what we got here. No doubleheader. You got Jets Colts, Giants Cardinals. You wanted to hang yourself because there was all these other good games going on. (laughs) When they came out with a ten-minute ticker, remember that? It's like yes, every ten minutes I get to see something else. It was the greatest thing ever. Well, one thing that the way it used to be in the old days too is college football used to um, have the AP vote. The coaches polled the AP voters and they determined champions like that, imagine. And then they went to a computer system and uh, now they actually have a, uh, a 14 playoff. So, you know, it's evolved over the years, but I remember years ago, people would get mad. How can you do this? And how can you have voting? And all oh, the teams are tied because you have multiple teams that are undefeated and there'll always be controversy. And uh, the, the powers that be at college football said, well, you're talking about it. And you're getting pretty mad about it, aren't you? And uh, he said, that's that's the point, kind of, that controversy sells. And it seems like Jerry Jones likes the same. Game time decisions continues. I am Renzi throwing it down with the Raging Redhead. Cam Stewart, Scott Hyken's going to step up and in in a couple of minutes. We're going to talk some NBA basketball with Scott, uh, get an NBA update. What, uh, what does the future hold for the association? Uh, what does the future hold for the NBA draft? And um, are, um, are we all going to be talking about uh, the balls again as uh, LaMelo Ball could be the number one pick in the NBA draft? What's the status uh, of the draft? There's a lot of unknowns uh, moving forward. Uh, but we're talking NFL football right now with the Raging Reddit, uh, Cam Stewart. Just a story that kind of, you know, I don't know. You know, you look at the headline of this, and Mike Flory over Pro Football Talk is pretty good with the clickbait type of headlines. <laughs> uh, but so I see this headline audit. Brett Favre was paid $1.1 million in Mississippi welfare funds for no shows. Mississippi welfare, welfare fund. Yeah, like uh, just, I feel like comic book guy on the, uh, on the Simpsons. Mayor Quimby, private pool. I'm outraged. Like, yeah, Quimby's yeah. not a Quimby pool. Outrage. <laughs> so there it is. there's no Hall of Fame quarterback Brett Favre. Yep. Was paid 1.1 million dollars in for speeches that he never gave, oh. according to an audit of the Mississippi Department of Human Services. The 104-page audit also uncovered some other shady investments of public funds designed to help the poorest Mississippians, including buying expensive cars, hiring family members of state officials and sponsoring a college baseball tournament. According to Luke Ransmith of the Mississippi Clarion Ledger, Favre was paid $1.1 million in two installments. That's a lot of money. In two installments by the Mississippi Community Education Center for appearances, promotions, autographs, and speaking engagements. Auditor said after reviewing dates and other details that determined Favre did not speak nor was present for any of these events. Oh, God. Favre does not face criminal charges related to the misappropriation of public funds, but others do. Wow. I got to tell you, Gabe, uh, not good for business with that. Yeah, they're poor down there. We've been there. Like, no, yeah. No, no, what do you need the $1 million for, Brad? Exactly. Like, and Favre, if, you're gonna, if they're going to say you're going to speak, the guy, first of all, doesn't even speak, doesn't show up. And, hey, he's making money with Jerry Rice and Tommy Copper. Maybe we got to... Uh, Give some of those funds back to the, the good people of Mississippi there, Marenzi. I don't know the whole story, but but I don't like what I'm hearing. 
$1.1 million. That's a lot of money in speeches. And, sounds and like stuff. kickback type of stuff. Yeah, it feels, know, this feels shady. like a story on American Greed. I want to hear what the hell, what else is going on here. Yeah, very, very shady. Uh, well, sh sh shady business. <laughs> and you know what? I, I sort of think of this. Uh, I brought this up because of uh, Frank Gore. Yes. Frank Gore signs uh, with the, uh, the New York Jets. Interesting dynamic because they bring in P. Ryan, the kid from Florida already. Yeah. And they already have Lev Bell. Now you bring in Gore as well. I'm one of these, you know, when it comes to Gore, it can't be a bad thing to have this guy in your football. I agree. Give That's what it comes down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's going to be. Here's the thing, too, with the Jets. We talked about it. Look at Darnold. Uh, Darnold with the mono and all the other stuff that was going on there with Gase. Like the, the problem with the Jets is it, it runs a little bit deeper. Having a veteran like Frank Gore can actually just be good for business. It's almost like a sign because it's going to help the locker room out. And I got no problem with it. He'll get a touch every once in a while. He's good for business. I like Frank Gore, Gabe. And I have no problem with the movie. People are like, oh, Gore's old, whatever. No, it's just there. He's going to be a good influence on a, a, a very important bunch of young guys on the Jets teams is looking to move forward. Yeah, exactly. It's not like he's cutting into anybody's playing time or anything oh. like that. He's just going to be there. He gets along with Adam Gase. He was with Gase before in Miami. So he gets along with Gase. And not a lot of people can say that. He will be a good influence in the room uh, for other players. It's a smart move. I mean, it's just it's a smart move. It's not costing him anything. But it's crazy that his son is playing in southern Mississippi. Speaking of Brett Favre. That's why I sort of saw the like, oh, yeah, Brett Favre uh, got $1.1 million. Uh, but his son... And we've seen it in hockey. Remember the Howes played together, Gordy and Mark and yeah, all five, that. Five decades. One of the records that stands, too. Football, That's not, it's unheard of, though. Yeah, yeah. In football, can you imagine if, like, Gore lasted another three years and the Sun made it? But it's not going to happen. It's going to be one of those. A lot of people think LeBron's going to do that. Le LeBron's going to wait till his son uh, gets to the NBA I and he'll play. I disagree. I disagree totally. LeBron, LeBron James, so how many years does his son have to, before he goes to the NBA? I think LeBron James will be out of the NBA. Six years, I think it is. Uh, uh, I don't uh, know, How James. old's the kid? The, the kid's, now, the kid, now. The the kid's like 14 now. Yeah. Six, so seven he's a, years. He's a sophomore in high school now, the kid? So he's a sophomore in high school. Is he really? That time passed. I guess, yeah, you're right. Last year he was a freshman. So, uh, so he's a sophomore in high school. So junior high school, senior high school. One year removed. Wow. I yeah, uh, could actually, that actually could happen. I just, LeBron James though, man. Actually, this break is really helping him out too. Think about that. You know, a guy really that fine, We're getting old, man. LeBron James is old enough to play in NBA years. I want to throw up. I don't want to sound you look great for your age, Berenstein, but man, we're getting old. You're right. Like, we're, we're old dudes. No, this is genuinely, like, I can handle, <laughs> like, when I see, uh, like, you know, even when I see Randy Moss's kids, like, Randy Moss's kids already yep. uh, catching them, you know, I can handle some of this stuff. Delino to Shields Jr., you know what I mean? Glenn Rice Jr., but Guerrero come Jr. on, LeBron? I know, that's too like, much. LeBron's, like, we're this old, like, it's been this fast? It seems like just yesterday LeBron came in the league and already won. His kids in the NBA? A couple oh more years. God. A couple more years, Marenzi, you'll be enjoying that silver status, $5 everything. When you're a senior, they treat you right at the oh, just my luck. Okay? Just as I'm turning it, just as I get there, this happens, and the Vegas is done. The, the silver legacy program. Love Sterling. it. Yeah. The Sterling Club. Yeah, the Sterling Club. The Sterling Club. The Palm Sterling Club. All right, so as far as the NFL schedule, talking about teams poised for a bounce back, Indianapolis Colts, 
they've got the easiest strength of schedule according to uh, their their opponents' uh, win win totals uh, this year. Alongside, and it makes sense, you know, that you'll see it sort of in bunches a bit at times due to the teams playing in the same division because they'll play a very similar schedule. So the Indianapolis Colts and the Tennessee Titans, point blank, have the number one and number two easiest schedules. Strength of schedule, 0.480 for the uh, the Colts. Uh, Tennessee, 0.488. And this adds up the win totals, not last year's record, uh, guys. Uh, when you add it all up, uh, the poor bastards, the Atlanta Falcons, uh, they're the ones... 5.35, 535. That's horrible winning percentage. And, you know, they can't kind of break this team because I can sort of think they could bounce back a little bit, but it ain't going to be easy for them. No, it's just the thing is, Gabe, Matt Ryan's getting older too, and he always makes those bad decisions. Like, I really want Atlanta to be good too, the hard luck franchise too with the Super Bowl, but it's not happening, right? The Saints are still there for another year. Matt Rule will eventually build up Carolina in a couple of years, and now you got to deal with Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Everybody's darling. Like, I feel bad for the Atlanta Falcons, to be honest with you. I'm with you. I wanted them to bounce back, but it's going to be very tough. So the, the Colts, easiest schedule. Tennessee, second easiest. Baltimore, third easiest. Chicago, third easiest tied. Mm. Cleveland tied for third easiest. L.A. Chargers tied uh, for third easiest. Then there's a little bit of a, a jump, but the seven, sort of like golf scoring. The Detroit Lions. Now, I like. I really I'm, want to buy in on the Lions. I, I like buying. their talent. I'm buying. Ah, it's Matt Patricia, bro. Don't That's my problem. Don't worry about Matt Patricia. Great draft. Stafford back. Detroit, Chicago's overrated in that division. Green Bay's got infighting and problems. What about Minnesota? Kirk Cousins will find a way to... I'm telling you, Detroit, that's one team that would not... You, you talked about worst to first. The Lions actually make the most sense out of everybody. The Detroit Lions, uh, man. Because think about it. Arizona's still got to beat uh, Seattle, which they can do, but not San Francisco. Detroit, they can hang with Green Bay. They've always played them tough. Chicago is overrated. Trubisky, is he going to make a move forward? And Minnesota, they're a good team, but who knows what the hell happens with Kirk Cousins. Give me the Detroit football Lions in my three-pack of improvement teams, along with Cleveland and Indy. Their win total is six and a half, the Detroit oh, Lions. Oh, I'm betting it now. I'm going to go to the <laughs> – when this show's done, I'm betting it now. You it's, tell uh, me, it's minus 150 to the over. I don't care about the 50 cents juice. Give it to me. They're not winning. Like seven games is – they can win seven games. Easy. I think they're an 8-8 eight eight team, 9-7. Give me the, the Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions. Um, what do you think? As we stated, you know, listen, I think, I, I think the Lions – listen, they were 4-2 and two last year with Matt Stafford. So <laughs> when Stafford was on the field, they were actually successful. They were competitive. I really do have a problem with Matt Patricia. The Lions this year play, obviously, the Bears, Packers, and Vikings, uh, but they would host the Saints, Buccaneers, Texans, Colts, and Redskins. Ooh, not easy. Not easy. At all. And on the road, um, you know, Bears, Packers, Vikings, Falcons, Panthers, Jags, Titans, winnable. Cardinals, manageable. Ooh, winnable. Winnable. <laughs> You're saying winnable. Winnable. I like their road schedule. And look, just by chance, you're wearing a Lions blue today, too. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, it's like a Carolina Panther kind of lion. Uh, yeah, I'm there, Gabe. I'm telling you. Bye. Hi, I'm Cam Stewart. I'm the special teams coach of the Detroit Lions. <laughs> Matt Patricia's great. Don't worry. Hi, I'm Cam Stewart. Nice haircut, kid. No, I'll tell you. No, I'm down with the Lions. I am betting them. Gabe, come on, Gabe. Six and a half is low for a team. They had an exceptional draft. You said it, Stafford. Hey, remember, this team was beating the Kansas City Chiefs. They had some heartbreaking losses, too. And a tie to Arizona in the first game, pissing away. Remember, I had huge money on that game. Blew a 19-point lead. 
Come on, man. It's going to be better for the Lions this year. I can feel it. Pussycats, they get some teeth this year. The Lions, seventh uh, easiest schedule. Kansas City, eighth easiest. Pittsburgh tied for eight with Kansas City. Dallas Cowboys, the Pokes, uh, win total nine and a half, but uh, they have the 10th easiest schedule uh, in the league. Miami, 11. Seattle, 11. Tampa Bay, 11. Minnesota, 14. San Francisco, 15. Arizona, 16. Green Bay, 16. Houston, 16. Jacksonville, 16. New England, 20. Philadelphia, 20. Buffalo, 22. Cincinnati, 22. New Orleans, 22. Washington, 22. The Rams, 26. The Raiders, 27. The Panthers, 28. The Broncos, 28. The New York football Jets and Giants. Not Uh-oh. easy for these teams. Uh-oh, SpaghettiO. Um, they got the 30th and 31st. Um, yeah, like they're, they've got the hardest. So in other words, the second and third is hardest schedules in the NFL uh, are going to the New York Giants and the New York Jets. Eli Manning had nice words about Daniel Jones. Uh, says that I'm not there now, and he'll be able to take control uh, of the room. And... Um, and you know what? He said uh, that he's earned the respect of his teammates. I'm looking forward to big things from Danny Dives as well. We talk NBA basketball next. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Game time decisions continues. Get on the grid. I am Gabriel Morenci, and I'm on the grid, throwing it down on the loudest station in the nation, SB Nation uh, Radio. Let's uh, do this thing. Let's talk some NBA basketball. We've been pretty UFC uh, heavy. Talked a lot of NFL uh, football. Uh, let's talk some NBA basketball uh, right now. Sean Hyken steps up and in the Pacific Northwest Bleacher Report, uh, repping to talk some uh, ball. And first things first, uh, Sean, I was uh, I was on your Twitter page. And I saw a picture of a band. And at first I was like, yeah, I wonder like who, all right, what band is this? And it did not take me long to uh, to realize it was Rush. And uh, <laughs> job, job well done uh, there as somebody um, that I've seen Rush uh, many, many times. Big, big uh, Rush fan. How many and, times you know, did you see them? Not, not, I'm not like a Rush freak. I've right. seen them, seen them probably three times, two or three times type of deal. Okay, yeah, I, I saw them uh, around six, seven. Yeah, like I've seen Slayer like 10 times. <laughs> if, if you want to get into like bands, I've seen a lot. But listen, I'm actually, uh, I used to live in Toronto. So okay. literally, I used, literally used to see Getty Lee like at Blue Jay games all the time. And like you'd yeah, see yeah. Getty Lee on the street. And it's one of these dudes that you'd figure, well, you know, like I lived in Las Vegas and my buddies would be there and they'd be like, oh my God, there's Mike Tyson. I was like, yeah, yeah, he's here all the time. Or there's Pete Rose. I'm like, yeah, yeah, Pete's here every day. Right? Frank Thomas. Like, you get used to it. Every time I saw Getty Lee, I'd be like, damn, man, that's Getty Lee. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. I mean, well, yeah, he did, he did used to go to a Blue Jays game back when sports were a thing that people could go to. Yeah, yeah. When, when sports, you know, that, that's it. So let me ask you about that. I've been pretty skeptical um about a lot of um about a lot of leagues coming back i think people are kind of naive there's a lot of talk oh the korean baseball league's back okay it's easy look they put a lot of work into it they actually their government actually did something they tested they traced they quarantined 
they had a plan, therefore they have their league back uh, right now. But when it comes to the NBA, like, you know, Major League Baseball is four and a half, five months, man. That's a load to deal with for them. Um, the National Football League, same thing. A lot of games, um, you know, talking about hundreds of thousands of tests that, that are needed to do the season. At least the NBA is in a position, I see a little bit more optimism in which, you know, it's not impossible to pull off five weeks at Mandalay Bay, is it? What's your feeling? Like, if you say percentages, 50-50, 70-30 against, 70-34, what do you think it is that they play the NBA playoffs, let's say in August or whatever? Well, I think they're really exploring every single possible avenue to at least salvage something because, you know, even though obviously like, there's no way that they're going to be able to do anything with fans anytime soon before there's a vaccine, but they still want to play some sort of, you know, semblance of some way to finish the season because they have the TV revenue that they need to be able to salvage. So they're going to try to do something. I think it really depends on how much mass testing is available. And right now, it seems like there's not a whole lot of testing out there, or at least not in the quantities that they would need. And they also are pretty concerned about the optics of, you know, yeah. if the NBA is getting tens of thousands of tests and everybody in the country who needs a test or is feeling sick can't still get one. I think they're worried about, like, that being a bad PR move for them. So they're going to try to slow play it, but I do think they're trying everything they possibly can to salvage something. I think, you know, and I think that's it's a good point that you raise, and it's obviously going to be a problem but that's still going to be a problem in the fall, I think. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's going to be a continuous problem. And I almost think people, yeah, some people will complain, but I think people want sports back so much. Like in Italy, what they did, they basically stated, we're going to donate five tests for every one test that we use. Right? So, like, if we, the Italian soccer league, if we need... 50,000 tests, we're going to donate 250,000 tests. And I think that's the way around that uh, right now. At least, like, you look at baseball. Like, baseball, their union's so strong. It's so adversarial as well. They're not, like, lovey-dovey with the owners in baseball. There's, there's you know, it's they still sort of clash uh, often. At least the NBA are on the same page. Right. You know, it's a pretty good relationship with the players and Adam Silver and the owners and everybody understands what's at stake here. But is it a real let's say we play here. Shall, let's say we play. Is it a real champion? We play five weeks in Vegas or Orlando or something. Or is this like asterisk champion after? I mean, I think you play who you play and you, you, know, you play with the circumstances being what they are. I don't. I don't think it's really any different. I mean, obviously it is different because this is like a completely unprecedented situation in modern world history. But, you know, do we put an asterisk next to the Spurs championship in 99 when they only played 50 games in the season? And, you know, they played against the number eight seed that made it uh, to the finals in the Knicks. Like, I don't think anybody really puts an asterisk next to them. Or what about Miami in 2012 after the lockout season? Yeah. I know it's not quite the same thing because it's just a shortened season with a, con a condensed schedule. But... No, you're I don't right. know. I People feel like... just remember the banner and just they remember the championship. You're right. Right. Like they're not going to I don't I think and I think especially honestly, you know, I would almost go the other way and say that whichever team wins the championship after dealing with this, whichever team is able to stay in shape, stay kind of mentally together through this totally unprecedented global pandemic and able to able to come out of the other side and win the championship. I'm almost more impressed by that than, you know, I, I like where I, you're going with that. I, I, that's, that's an interesting point. Uh, that you're raising. Everyone's going to be dealing with the same situation. It's funny. This is where my fandom comes into play. And I'm, I'm not even going to pretend I'm neutral about it, but I'm a, I'm a diehard Raptor fan, and I have been uh, since year one. 
And my deal is, if we got bounced, like if we played in Vegas and we got bounced, I'd be like, that was garbage. We didn't even really get to defend it for real. And if we won, I'd be like, you're damn right, man. You know how hard that was, what we just did? Right, like the fan in me. But it's a good point that you raise. It would be a war of attrition. And, you know, I'm, I'm trying to stay optimistic about it, actually. I think NFL football will be back, but probably in October, maybe November, et cetera. I don't think it's kicking off September 10th uh, like they initially would have hoped. But I'm staying optimistic that the NBA could pull something off in August or so. Well, it seems like they have the, you know, at least they're, they're starting to put some plans in place, whether it's the Vegas one in Mandalay Bay or the, you know, the Disney World idea is the other one that they're talking about. And I think that one makes a lot more sense because the entire property of Disney World and all of the hotels surrounding the resort are owned by Disney, which is already a league partner because Disney owns ESPN. So they can just yeah. keep everything in house. And since everything is totally owned by Disney, they have total control over who gets let in and who doesn't get let in. And so they can just completely close it off in a bubble from the outside world. And they don't have to worry about what, you know, one of the things that I think some people in the NBA have concerns about with the Vegas idea, like they, in terms of the space, they have the space, you know, they can do it in Mandalay Bay. MGM has the hotels. They have that all connected. They can do that. But what if Las Vegas at large reopens itself to tourism while the NBA is trying to play this bubble uh, <laughs> season? Like that, all that's going to do is open up more chances for players to get exposed to the virus of elsewhere. Whereas in in uh, Orlando at Disney World, they can just be completely closed off because Disney World is a private property that one of the league partners controls. Great point that you raise, and that's what people always talk about. Well, there's not a hot spot there. Yeah, well, if you bring everybody there, maybe it will be right. When 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 other things. But it's a good point as far as Vegas is concerned. They're dying, though. But we all see the mayor doing these crazy interviews, right, about opening up. And, you know, the casinos are going to start to open up uh, eventually in the next coming weeks, actually, uh, in Vegas. And it's a good point. You, you can, and, and then what? You're going to put – are they really going to put Mandalay Bay in, in that bubble? It seems like Orlando is the best fit as you talk about. They already have the television production facilities uh, on, on site. So I wanted to ask you about uh, the NBA draft. And so what, what's, what is the status uh, with the draft? Um, they're going to do it after? Like, that's, that's the thought, right? They're going to do it after their playoffs? They, they're pushing it back to the end of the summer? There's not a virtual draft? What's the deal with the draft? They haven't officially pushed it back yet. They did push back the lottery and the combine, both of which were supposed to take place actually just in a couple weeks from now in Chicago, uh, like in the middle of May. They pushed those back. They haven't officially pushed back the actual draft in June, but I mean, I don't think anybody thinks that they're going to do the draft uh, in June it's, unless they just make the decision in the next month that we're just not going to have the rest of the regular season. We're going to cancel the season, which I don't think the league is going to get to that point by that time. So, you know, you're at the they're at the point where, you know, they still don't know whether they're going to just play the playoffs or they're going to salvage some of the regular season, which I think the league still wants to do because of the TV revenue. Well, and, that's you know, just it, dumb. Nobody needs I to mean, see the Atlanta Hawks play the Cavaliers again. Well, no, I mean, not, I you and I are on the going. same. I know, I know. You and I are on the same page, but they still have to, you know, you have to, you have to run out the ground ball, so to speak, of trying to salvage as much as you can, because then you don't have to give some of that money back to the TV providers, and the league is already losing so much money because of the season being uh, suspended the way it has been. But a hundred percent decided it's over. You don't know the draft order because if they had decided, okay, we're just going to play the playoffs. We're not going to play the rest exactly. of the regular season. You can just freeze the standings like they are right now and do the draft lottery. But you, if, if they still think there's a chance they might be able to play a few more games in the regular season, the standings might change and they can't decide the draft order until then. And I also think a lot of teams right now 
are still have still kind of been scrambling to figure out just like what they're going to how they're going to move forward, what the status of the season is. If you turn around now and tell them, hey, we're going to do the draft in six weeks. So now you better have all your prospect work done in six weeks when they still haven't been able to like they just recently they've been able to start the process of doing Zoom calls or, or Skype video calls with the prospect, but they're still not at the point where they can bring any of these guys in and work them out in person or have face-to-face interviews with them or just a lot of the stuff that teams always try to do, the prep work that they do before the draft. So trying to do the draft in June, I think, would just be leaving every team kind of holding the bag as far as you know having less time than usual to actually do the kind of prep work that they need to do. So I would I would say that let, let's say they do the draft, like they do the playoffs in July, August, optimistically. Then I would think after that is sometime is when they would do the draft. I would like to see just the craziness of, of 2020 continue in which they do the draft and then the players just join the team for the playoffs. <laughs> it's like total unorthodox. Hey, kid, welcome aboard. You're on. Let's go. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're playing, we're playing the playoffs in four weeks. Welcome aboard, kid. <laughs> yeah, but, well, but on the other hand, like how, how many of the teams that are making the playoffs? Like, you know, when you look at guys, I mean, that's an interesting idea. Like, and for the chaos, like that's definitely interesting. But what, like... No, yeah, normally, yeah, I know the impact players at that point in the draft, right? Who's who's actually helping, and that's almost what I want to throw to you. We only got a couple of minutes, so it's a good segue. And it's a strange draft this year, isn't it? And bet you know, even under usual circumstances, it'd be strange. There's not really that consensus number one at all. You know, I'm seeing like mocks out there, and I'm looking at the odds right now. FanDuel, Anthony Edwards, the favorite to go first overall, plus 100. A lot of people, you know, not every NBA guy's in love with Anthony Edwards, the top pick. James Wiseman, not everyone loves Sanders right now. He's plus 180. LaMelo Ball's plus 300. And looks like LaMelo Ball's getting a lot of love to be the potential number one pick. It does seem like that right now. I honestly, I don't have as much of a read on the draft as, you know, obviously there's, there's so much chaos right now, just given everything else that's going on. So it's even harder than normal to project, but this is definitely like, you know, you look at last year, everybody knew the whole season that Zion Williamson was going to be the number one pick. Yeah. and then, you know, m- most years, there, you know, there's usually one guy that emerges where you can say, okay, this is going to be the number one pick, This, you know, th- or maybe it's between one or two guys. This year, there's a bunch of different guys that you just kind of hear thrown around. There's not one guy that's kind of separated himself from the pack. So I really don't know what the, you know, who's, you know, who's going to go where. I haven't really, I don't really have as much of a read on it as anybody else does. Yeah, I, I don't think anybody does right now. And it's funny because I was, I was even reading about Golden State. They don't even really supposedly like any of these players. Uh, you know, maybe there'd be trades, but there's just so much uncertainty uh, going on out there uh, right now. But, um, you know, hopefully I'm I'm trying to be an optimist about this, uh, Sean. I'm trying to be an optimist. And um, I was really, really excited. It's the one thing I look forward to the most as a sports fan is the NBA playoffs. I just love that time of the year, the NBA playoffs going in the summertime. And, you know, I was just so looking forward to the you know, Toronto Raptors and defending defending the title. But at this point, like, I don't care. We'll take basketball any way we can get it. Yeah, you and I are in the same boat on that one. I, you know, I don't know when it's going to come back. I think they're going to do everything they can to try to get it to come back in some form in a few months if they can, if everything is safe. But yeah, I, I don't know anything more than anybody else does. It's really anybody's guess. That's what's frustrating about this. Nobody knows, right? You know, the players don't know. You ask players, they don't know. You know, you, you ask the commissioner, at least I respect Adam Silver, since we're not in control of this. Uh, the virus is. And uh, he's right, Sean. Thanks a lot uh, for taking the time to be here. So I think I'm going to listen to some Rush now uh, after the show. Thanks for your time. Yeah, thanks for having me. DailyRoto.com.
Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. We got to get out of here, but we got a couple of minutes uh, left here. I want to get to something. Uh, Tony Clark. Uh, one of the heads of uh, Major League uh, Baseball, Major League Baseball Association director, uh, Tony Clark, talking about Major League uh, Baseball. There's been a lot of talk, uh, guys, over the last couple of days of, well, look, if Korea, if Korean baseball is playing, how come Major League Baseball uh, can't do it? And I get frustrated by this because they actually they actually tested everybody, like yes. on a weekly basis. They don't do it on a daily basis. They did it on a weekly basis. They were doing it a couple of times a week before. They had players that got it. They put them in isolation. They were able to come back. It was like a six-week process of serious mitigation and testing, none of which we have come close uh, to doing. So it's interesting now, and I knew this was going to happen, that people are going to see Korean baseball on ESPN. are going to go, these guys can play. How the hell can't the Yankees and Dodgers play? What's the difference? And there are differences. So here's Tony Clark. Uh, we want to play the game. The players want to play. As, the, as these ideas find their way in the mainstream media, there are some ideas that seem to make sense, and there are others that don't track very well. All that we're being viewed against the backdrop of getting back on the field and affording our guys an opportunity to do uh, what they love to do. Uh, though Clark goes on to say, despite all that's been floated and all the rhetoric that is out there, we have not received anything formal that details an actual plan. <laughs> We so all this stuff is just first. like, oh, yeah, they want to do yeah. this. Remember their preferred plan. Yeah, 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 good luck with that. Hey, we've been on top of this stuff. Yeah, the preferred plan. These are suggestions that people are throwing out, Gabe. They're very far away. And as you said, Korea was way ahead of the curve. And that's the problem with this thing. I knew this would happen with baseball. You see it, you want to change it. Lots of work that needs to be done, buddy. Yeah, they just sort of think because, um, oh, look, Korea is playing baseball. Yeah. So, so let's just automatically play. It's got nothing to do with America playing baseball. Nothing. I love that. Oh, Major League Baseball preferred plan. <laughs> we all like the preferred plan, Gabe. Dude, there's NFL <laughs> owners now talking about, oh, no, we think we can have fans. No. No. Like, there's, you know, we're never going to solve anything exactly. if everybody's on a different page everywhere. It's true. Like, I don't see understand what people don't understand about this. And we'll get into it, you know, we'll get into it from a collegiate standpoint. You're going to have some states that can play, some states that won't. You'll have teams forfeiting games. The schedule will be all competitively imbalanced. There's a lot of things that you have to get in place to do this right, guys. And we can do it right, but you actually got to work at it. Like, it's pretty simple. Like, we haven't worked at it. The testing isn't there. Like, they actually tested all these players. They've actually tested all these players in Korea. They actually know. But we got to get out of here. Stay safe. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com.